I'm Benjamin Grimm, and you're listening to the Better Employer Podcast from Hub International. Ready or not, businesses everywhere were forced to accommodate a remote workforce in 2020. And some businesses, like Software Technology Group based in Salt Lake City, Utah, had remote working already built into its DNA. For this week's episode of the Better Employer Podcast, I had the incredible privilege of sitting down with their head of HR, Rachel Peterson, who in my mind is one of the most qualified HR leaders in Utah to discuss how to keep your culture alive and thriving when your employees are physically separated from one another. You can subscribe to the Better Employer podcast for more in-depth conversations about how to be a better employer in a quickly changing world. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're excited to have Rachel Peterson join us today um, with STG. And before we get started, Rachel, I'd love to just jump in and actually have you tell us a little bit about the company that you that you work for, and then tell us what you do there, what your role is. Yeah, thank you. So as you mentioned, my name is Rachel Peterson, and Software Technology Group has been in business since 1996. We are a, a company that... Um, has a variety of clients from across the Wasatch Front. Um, what we do is we help with staff augmentation. We also help with um, projects that they wouldn't hire internally for. So we have software developers that have an, an array of technologies that we hire. We bring them on board and then we work with clients on projects. And so it's really fascinating is that we get to offer our consultants, a variety of work, a variety of project work. Sometimes they're anywhere between six months to a year, sometimes two years. And then in between projects, we offer what we call um, the development center. And we work on certifications. Um, we work on um, other technologies, bringing them on board with, with other skills. And so it's really a fantastic business model. Um, and my role is I'm the human resource manager so I have a team of three and we work to help with the onboarding of the consultants. Um, we manage the, the benefits as well as employee engagement. Um, and of course, there's always the employee uh, interaction as far as any type of coaching and mentoring that's needed throughout their career. So that's pretty much what, what we do. Perfect. Well, thank you. And, you know, we were recommended to get you you're you're famous your your reputation precedes you people are people are talking about you all over the place and we were told that we should have you on because of the very nature of of software technology group and obviously we're living in a super unique time frame we're working in a super unique time frame the nature of our business and all of the listeners business has completely changed over the last you know since march more and more employees are working remotely uh, as opposed to going into the offices like they have for their entire history, which is a new shift. And, it, and it's, a, it's a paradigm shift for, I believe, most organizations. But it really is kind of what you have been doing there all along, because as you bring on the consultants, as you mentioned, you're sending those consultants offsite. They're going to your clients and they're spending anywhere from weeks, months to a year. Maybe walk us through a little bit how your consultants go out, they're offsite, and then the importance of culture and, and just let's just dive into it. Learn what you guys are doing there to make it such a such a great culture. 
Well, you have some really great questions. Um, as you mentioned, 80% of our workforce um, has been in a remote type environment, um, as you mentioned with the clients. But even since March, some of those um, clients have moved more to remote work as well. And one wow. of the things that we've recognized in this opportunity is that um, when you talk about company culture and, and how, do we, how do we make that sustainable as far as our consultants who are at different client sites and they have their own culture as well. And I would have to say that the very main thing is the engagement. Um, one of the things we recognized as our office team went remote is just how important it is to feel connected. Um, so we do a variety of, of things with our consultants. Um, first and foremost, we have two town halls a year um, that we do. And these town halls are um, conducted um, usually over lunch. Uh, we send out invitations to employees to join us. We get company updates. We also focus on a particular agenda item sometimes um, with, with each town hall. And we have probably anywhere between five to six different town halls to get enough of a variety of times and dates available for just about everyone to attend. Um, so we have the town halls that are really important for connectivity and engagement. Um, we also maintain what we do as um, we have new hire follow-up lunches. So we have one at, at 30 days and one at 90 days. And what we do is we take time to meet with, with each consultant to see how things are going at the client site. Um, it gives us an opportunity to address any concerns. Um, it gives us an opportunity to talk about STG and who they are really truly working for. So I think that is really a big key is to remind them um, of who STG is, um, what we do. We also um, have company events that we do throughout the year to get us all together um, so that we can see each other. Now, with the recent events since March, um, we haven't been able to have those company events like we usually do. Um, so we're trying out different things like Friday fun days where it's again over lunch, but we are getting enough people together to just have a great opportunity to, to talk and to, um, there's no agenda. It's just to see how everybody is doing. Um, our account managers, they'll send out DoorDash gift cards so that employees can buy themselves lunch. Um, we just do what we can to let them know they're appreciated, um, to let them know we remember, we're, we're engaged, communication, we over-communicate. So that's another key is communication and accountability as well. So how? So I want to just back up to what you were talking about, the two town halls per year. Uh -huh. you, you have to conduct five to six different meetings for each of those town halls to make sure that everybody's there and can yeah. participate. So you're not just saying, hey, this is our town hall in January. This is our town hall in July. This is the date and time. Show up, be there, be square. You're saying we want to make sure every employee in the company is engaged with twice a year yes. in these town hall settings. Yes, you're right. So we offer town halls twice, twice a year, but there's, it's usually over a span of two weeks. So wow. we'll offer a couple of town halls in one week and then another couple of town halls the following week just to make sure that we're providing enough options for our employees to participate. Yeah. So obviously you, you, you all are putting a, a huge emphasis on the engagement. Like you said, communication. Yeah. The other thing you just brought up there towards the end was accountability. Yes. What, what are, what are some things that you, that you do to, to help with that? And 
who are you holding accountable? Leadership, the the consultants, the HR team, and 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 how are you holding each of those different groups accountable? Yeah. So actually, that's kind of a, a twofold question because with the office team, there is. Um, accountability there. And then with our consultants, there is a joint accountability with the manager and the client. Mm -hmm. And so we work closely with the client on any type of measurement or performance of our consultants. Um, our account managers reach out to them on, um, on a continual basis to make sure things are going well. We also seek feedback from our clients to make sure that um, if there is anything that needs to get addressed, that we're on top of it and um, that we're we're inviting that. Um, we call it the gift of feedback because that's exactly what it is. It gives us an opportunity to um, clarify, to ask and seek understanding. Um, and then for the office team um, for accountability, we use a lot of different tools to do that. Um, for the office team, we go to the Kanban methodology. So I don't know if you are familiar with that, but a Kanban is a way to track um, visually the work throughout the day. And um, we have different lanes. We have a lane that's a work in progress. And then we have any type of roadblocks. Um, we have a done lane. So when your tasks are done, you move it over. We have an ice box. And then we also have what we call a backlog, which is anywhere between five to seven working days that we are holding work um, as they come due. And we've gone to an electronic version of that using Trello. And it's, a, it's what we use in our standups every day. So we have daily standups with our teams. We look at removing roadblocks if you're a manager. And then the teams report on what their plan is for the day. So the daily standups, what do those look like? The daily standups, um, each team has their own daily standup. And it's decided, the time of day is decided by the team. And um, what we do is everyone has a Trello board. And we talk about what they can do in their day. And then if there is a game plan for any type of prioritization, we take that opportunity to do that. So everyone speaks to their own board. Everybody speaks to what they're going to be accountable for the day. And then we kind of know what's on everybody's, you know, what everybody's workload looks like and where we can maybe help. And what would you say is the average time that those that those stand-up meetings last? Stand-ups should actually really only last 10 to 15 minutes. It's not a meeting for strategizing. Um, those we hold in our one-on-ones that we do every week, we meet one-on-ones with our teams. Um, so the stand-up should just be a quick report on your day and what you have going on. And it allows the rest of the team to kind of see what everybody's got and then allows if I have extra time, I can reach out and ask some someone what I can do to help them. And how much of what you're talking about here was in place before you joined. How much of this was your was your own kind of your own recipe that you that you brought to the table, um, and and how much did you kind of take over when you started? Well, actually, um, when I joined STG, this was not in place. Um, Any of it? None of it was in place. Um, it was it was brought to um, the STG office. We we had a um, director. Um, she's no longer with us now, but she brought the methodology with her. And, and taught us all about it. We used to do a physical Kanban board where you actually do the post-it notes. It's part of the agile um, framework. And what does that we, stand for, by the way, Kanban? What Con, does Kanban, Kanban stand for? Um, yeah. Good question. <laughs> we'll, we'll look that up later. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And, um, and then we moved to the electronic version with Trello. And the only reason I ask is because I'm not going to say you had an advantage during coronavirus and, and quarantine and everything else, but it feels like your process just by design is fairly mobile. What would be your advice and, and kind of recommendation and suggestion to, to the HR directors and leaders that are listening to, to this podcast struggling to maintain the culture that they that they felt like they had when everything was physical and now everything is kind of shifted and, and even to those that maybe didn't have the culture that they were hoping for when things were all in person and in the office well i think the the first step um when you look at um remote work and and how to be successful and how to have a an engaging um culture is you're right, it does stop, start from, from the top. Um, and, and we're lucky to have such a supportive executive and leadership team. Um, but it also starts with expectations too. Um, so oftentimes um, individuals have an expectation, whether it be what remote work is supposed to look like, what um, I'm expected to do, and then you have an experience. Um, and and the gap between what you expect and what your experience is, is oftentimes where we find ourselves trying to just get through things and trying to yeah. figure it out and, and work it out. So I think the most important step would be to really define what that means for, for your company, for your position, for your teams, is what is the expectation? Um, so start there, start with the expectation. If it's, if it's about, um, you know, what are your fears, right? I mean, oftentimes we create what we fear. And so it's really coming up with a plan of how are you going to deliver on those things? Um, what is your most important item? Is it ensuring that there's deliverables and accountability? Um, what do you already have at your fingertips? What are your resources? And if you're looking at incorporating something new, if you if you look at what you have and you think, can none of my tools will allow me to, to track work or to have transparency or to have that accountability, then, then that's probably where you want to start looking at what tools will allow you to do that. I mentioned a few. I mentioned, you know, Trillo. I've mentioned um, we have a, a couple of other tracking tools that we use inside Salesforce, um, which we utilize Talent Rover. There's lots of different tools, um, learning management systems and things that you can use. So just finding the one that will work for your company and then um, really setting out what, what you want to achieve by that and, and just ensuring that it, it's deliverable. Um, we do a lot of debriefs. Sometimes we pilot different programs to see if it's going to give us what we want. And then we debrief and find out if that really met our expectations. And then we, you have to be agile. You have to, you have to be a little bit, you know, flexible with, with what you're offering until you get that right mix of things. I think it's just yeah. not feeling like it has to be perfect, but always it's a work in progress. It's always yeah. evolving. And, and, and that's probably a huge key, right? Is you, is we have somebody like you on, which is fantastic because you have you have implemented these things and are seeing great things happen and, and great successes. And I, I think a lot of times, I mean, it's just human nature. We want to be able to 
just implement it and be like, all right, we're here, let's go. And it doesn't always, it doesn't always happen that way. And so I, I, I think that that is the key is just to make a step in the right direction and then iterate and then make another step and then iterate, right? Just finding the stuff that works. But I I think another key is that you, something that you said, and, and it came up a couple weeks ago when we had somebody on discussing diversity and inclusion, Uh you said it begins with the expectations. And then if there's a gap between the expectation that's set and the experience, then that's where a lot of the, it's where where a lot of the issues can Mm -hmm. arise. And so there are a lot of organizations that will grab on and hold on to the new buzzwords that are things that people are interested in and, and trying to like Google, you know, Google eyes the office and having a game room and a ping pong table and, and beanbag chair, like all these different things that they're trying to do. They are only doing that as something they can kind of use as a recruiting tool and they don't really believe in that. Yeah, all that stuff is there, but if you're ever seen in there using it, you're viewed as lazy. You're viewed as somebody that isn't getting their work done. You're viewed as somebody that just wants to play all the time. And so I love that you say that it's the expectation versus the experience, which a lot of times can cause some of that, some of those issues. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, something to keep in mind too, you, you brought up, you know, a new hire's expectation and, and you can do a lot to, to campaign and, and the marketing aspect of, you know, promoting your company. Um, each individual, in each individual person that comes in has their own individual needs. And I think it's really, really important to make sure that you're channeling into that. Um, For some people, um, like going back to the remote work, for some people, um, we've had a lot of great success with remote work. It it works out well, there's less distraction, highly productive. For others, they they want that the office environment. They need that, they thrive in that. So it's really identifying what works for each person as much as you can. I mean, you can't be all things for everybody, but it's identifying what that need is and and ensuring there's a way for you to, to provide that. And it it sounds like you're identifying those needs in those one-on-one meetings you said you have weekly. Absolutely. We have weekly one-on-one meetings that we get to sit down and talk about how, how they're feeling about things. How, how is their work? What are their challenges? Um, How can we collaborate? What's the solution look like? Um, Those are really critical and essential because we have our standups, but they're they're quick, you know, play outs of your day. Um, They're not there to problem solve necessarily unless you have a roadblock. Um, The one on ones are essential and really fine tuning what each individual person needs in their career development, what they need in their day to day activity. Um, and as managers, we really have to be in tune with that. And it, and it sounds like at STG, there's a, there's a fantastic environment of trust. If, if somebody were to, how does somebody vocalize at STG? If somebody were to, to, to say that there was an issue that they were having or something that they didn't agree in or some hurdle that needed to be cleared in order for them to do their job, or it, it just was against the grain a little bit, something that they said, how would you, how do you handle that when that, when you have that brought up in one of those one-on-ones? Yeah. So what generally happens is first and foremost, you go back to employees, your, your employees want to be heard. Right. And, and so the most important thing is not to bring your biases into a situation. It's about 
seeking to understand. And oftentimes um, the disconnect might just be a mindset or it might just be um, a little bit more clarification needed. And um, so it's, it's keeping an open mindset. It's seeking to understand. So ask lots of questions. Oftentimes, if you've got an emotion that's like that, it's usually a symptom of something a lot deeper. And so it's just making sure that you're not just addressing the symptom, you're actually getting to the root cause. You can't always promise, you know, the, the particular change that they want. But I think that if you come to the table in a collaborative way and you offer to look at it and, and be open to other suggestions and ideas and sometimes even pilot something different, I think that's what people want. How do you guys prevent, and, and I appreciate that answer. I mean, it's a, but it feels like it's easier said than done that that's got to be like a muscle, right? It's something you got to just work on time and time and time again. And like yeah. you said, try to leave your, your biases out of the conversation when they, when they come in. Um, but, but on that note, another thing that you and I talked about in our, in our pre-show conversation is you're, you're sending your employees that you're trying to create a culture around yep. out to a a culture that's completely out of your hands. Yep. I mean, they're subject to what, and it could be a toxic culture and maybe it's a, maybe it's a better culture than, than STG. And if that's, if that's the case, then it's probably great to be able to pick their brain and learn new ideas yeah. from those employees that are experiencing those great cultures. But on the flip side of that, how do you prevent those employees, those consultants from bringing those toxic cultures back to STG? Well, I think that um, it all comes down to communication. Um, you know, it, it's it's clearly defining that the cultures are, are, are different and may be different, right? I mean, there may be some similarities in, in some of the client cultures. Um, the account management team um, and my team work closely with the consultants to give them that channel or that opportunity to express what it is they're experiencing. And, and we work really closely to resolve those, those issues if there are any. Um, we've been fortunate that um, our clients have, have always been really, really wonderful to our consultants. Um, it's not to say that, um, that there, there aren't you know um, bumps along the road at times, but for the most part, I think that open communication and that regular ongoing one-on-ones that we have allows that door to remain open. Employees, consultants can go to anyone and express that. Sometimes in our, our, our town halls, they might express a concern and we look at it and we see how we can address that across the board. One, one of the things that you'd mentioned earlier is regarding remote work, how some employees prefer it because there are less distraction. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're more, they get a lot more done when they're working remotely versus there are those that feel like they get nothing done when they work remotely because they, they crave and need that eye to eye interaction. And, you know, you and I are doing this over Microsoft teams right now, and it's way better than not being able to see your face, but it's not as good as being able to do it in person. Right. And I'm more of that kind of face to face individual as well, where I, I like to have kind of the human interaction as I'm sure there are a lot of people that are hearing this podcast as I mean, this, this quarantine, it just varies from state to state. Yeah. Every state does things a little bit differently. And some states are just in complete lockdown and some corporations are in complete lockdown and other corporations are, 
allowing it to be kind of an at-will thing. If you want to come to the office, you're welcome to come to the office as long as the states allow it. How, for, for, the, for your employees that want and need that face-to-face time, but they're forced to work remotely, so how, how would, in your experience, have you addressed that when they need that face-to-face, but they really just can't get it right now? Yeah, you, you brought up a really important point and aspect of providing support for employees. We have a wonderful EAP program. Uh, we send out um, weekly recordings um, that they offer um, on all sorts of topics and subjects. Um, we have a page devoted to to this resource on our employee internet. Um, so anytime we have someone reach out to us who might be struggling, um, we get them resources as soon as possible. We also have um, opportunities where at times we can bring them into the office and allow that social distancing and, and that, um, that, that safety um, here in the office because we, we have the majority of everybody working remote. Um, but definitely making sure that it's nothing you discount. You just automatically, you know, um, provide them with additional resources and um, support. I, I know that you've that you've looked into this and and you're an expert in the remote working and have done quite a bit of quite a bit of research, kind of to to wrap things up here and 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 tie everything with a with a, a pretty bow. In the research that you've done, what would be just your kind of parting advice? to everybody as they, I mean, as we all are struggling through it, it honest for, for me, it feels like it's a new, there's a new learning experience almost weekly of the challenges and difficulties of everybody working remotely. Yeah. So what would, what would be your, your kind of your parting thoughts and, and your advice? I would say that it's okay to be uncomfortable you do get a routine down and you get very comfortable and rooted in those processes. But being uncomfortable means you're growing and you're learning. Um, mistakes are okay. Mistakes are going to happen. And I think um, being willing to accept that and, and support that with others. Um, and then I also would, would say, you know, sometimes things take time. I think if you're in this journey together with your staff, your executive team, your leadership team, it's a journey that you're all taking together. I mean, lots of people think, is this the new norm? And it may be. Um, I was actually going to ask that to to follow up, but yeah, I mean, this could be the new norm. And what we're finding is, is that even when things go back to what we, what they used to be prior to March, we have adapted and we have learned so much that we only see ourselves as moving forward with it. You know, yeah. you think about going back to how we used to do things and all we think of is how can we keep going forward? And I think that is really the vision is keep looking ahead, um, keep looking at opportunities where you can make things better. Um, again, being uncomfortable is okay. It means we're all growing and um, help each other. You know, we're all in it together. Well, thank you so much again for uh, for joining us, Rachel. If people want to learn, I mean, I'd love to have them learn a little bit more. We have local listeners here. We have national yeah. listeners. I don't know if you guys do any any work nationally, but where can they go to, to learn more about STG, the Software Technology Group? Yeah, well, we have a website, stgconsulting.com. Perfect. Yeah. 
and they can reach out to you personally. Her name is Rachel. <laughs> yes, they can. Sure. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. And, and uh, we look forward to having you on here again soon as we all strive to figure this thing out. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Rachel. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rachel Peterson. The remote workforce isn't going away anytime soon. Employers can either face the challenge head on and embrace the opportunities it brings or head into the future kicking and screaming. I personally think Rachel and STG exemplify what can be achieved by always moving forward and seeking ways to continually improve your organization. It's not just about surviving the pandemic. Employers can use this time as a chance to enrich and deepen company culture if they play their cards right. For more information about STG, visit stgconsulting.com or click the link in the show notes. And as always, Subscribe to the Better Employer Podcast wherever you get your podcasts for more in-depth conversations about how to be an employer of choice. And if you have some time in your day, we really appreciate those five-star reviews.